When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, you can. As we roll along here, second hour of a very busy Tuesday morning. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us. Hembo is here. Bubba's here. Nuno's here. Our Powerball tickets are still in Bubba's car. And I am delighted to welcome my buddy, uh, Dan Graziano, who is good enough to hang around after we finish Get Up this morning and uh, help grade my midseason awards, among other things, NFL Insider Extraordinaire. Do you have an issue with this? So Bubba, Nuno, Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. go in on Powerball tickets. Mm -hmm. Hembo refuses to do it because he's just not fun in any way. That's accurate. But so we bought these tickets. Bubba buys all the tickets for us. Uh And he has the tickets Sitting in his car. So you guys might have won. In the parking lot of ESPN. Why why can't he go out and check? I mean, you have breaks. Maybe more importantly, why would you leave them in such an unsecure place? You don't have pockets? I mean, if I handed Bubba $2 billion, would he just put that in his car and leave it there? You can lock the glove box. Very frustrating. Uh, Let me ask you something. Graz, while I have you, before Hembo's we... Hembo's got a very skeptical... <laughs> no, no. Like the I'm whole not con- in on the, on the, the whole concept of the lottery is just not... I don't like the odds. You're, you're going you like to okay. hear a little later about Hembo's thinking and, and why it might cost him the most important thing in his life. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, before I get to my midseason awards, mm-hmm. I, I did want to just let you say a, a moment. Today was a weird day. Yes, it like, was. We, we do these Tuesday get-ups. So, so for those of you who don't... Well, I hope that all of you watch the TV show in the morning, but... What we really have is five different shows every week. It's a daily show, but it's five different shows. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday all have their own cast. Dan Graziano is a huge part of two of those days. And those shows develop their own feel. It's almost like the Tuesday Get Up is its own show. Yes. And Jeff Saturday was the star of it, the unquestioned star of that show. He was so good, the pancakes, and just his presence. Like, when I walked into the meeting this morning, Dan, it was weird yeah. for me, and I'm sure it was weird for you. It was nice that he called in to yeah. the meeting. That was, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, look, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for I mean, like, we, we, uh, we're talking about the job and how he'll do, and I, he'll have plenty of time for that. I, I just, like, to me, uh, it, it, Tuesdays have been special uh, with Jeff and, and with Dominique here. I, I mean, like, you know, we, we, a couple years ago, we did Wednesdays with Dominique and mm-hmm. Ryan Clark, and I thought those were great. I mean, like... Someone in my position, right, who didn't play, right, right, to sit yeah. sit with these guys and talk about football and and to feel uh, respected by them is a special thing. And Jeff Saturday, as much as anybody I've encountered uh, at ESPN, and there've been a lot of people, but as much as anybody I've encountered, have made me feel like I belong on in those discussions. Um, and yeah, if you are a player or a coach on the Indianapolis Colts, I don't know how the rest of your season is going to go, but I know this. If if Jeff Saturday likes and respects and believes in you, you're going to know it 
every single day you're in the building with him, and I think that's awesome. So yeah. I'm happy for those guys, and I'm sad for us. Yep, he's a, he's a genuinely great guy. Uh, and as I said, I'm going to be hopelessly incapable now of being unbiased when it comes Towards to them. the Colts, the, yeah, it's the tough. The only way I will root against them <laughs> is if they play the Jets. That's literally the only game in which I would root against them. Okay, here's why I asked you to come back. So this is Election Day. And on this Election Day, I am going to cast my votes for the NFL Midseason Awards. So I saw Barnwell did this yesterday, and that's where I got the idea. Seems like a reasonable time to cast the vote. So I have a vote for MVP, for Coach of the Year, for Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, Mm -hmm. for Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year, and for Comeback Player of the Year. All right. So I'll give you my vote. You tell me if you agree or disagree. My MVP of the league right now is Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. as great as Allen has been, as great as Jalen Hurts has been, and they're not the only ones you could consider. I think Mahomes has carried his team Look, Hurts, I know, has no losses. But I think Mahomes, having lost Tyreek Hill, looking at what Aaron Rodgers looks like without his favorite target and now what Mahomes has done without his guy, I think Mahomes is doing the most right now. He gets my vote for MVP. I agree completely. I also go back to the offseason, right? Because it was they lose Tyreek Hill and they bring in a couple new guys. So what are we going to do? Mahomes took it upon himself to become a better player to work with these guys and make them better play. I'm like, he is invested in the entire thing, back back as far as training camp uh, and the offseason, and you see it. And then there's a game like Sunday where he kind of has to do it all himself. He threw 68 passes and also led the team in rushing yards, uh, and, and they barely, I mean, they had needed overtime still to beat the Titans. So, yes, I, I think he's making the strongest case. Even, with, you know, Josh Allen's had a couple of wobbly games, and now maybe he's hurt. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Jalen Hurts. I mean, look, Geno Smith should be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's all kinds of people. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I, I think it's Mahomes. What do the odds say, Hembo, as far as who's the favorite to win the award? Patrick Mahomes jumped Josh Allen yesterday yeah. after the news of Josh Allen's elbow injury. So Mahomes is now the favorite to He's do He's the so. favorite. Okay, so I think he should win it. My coach of the year right now, my preseason pick was Nick Sirianni. That was just yeah. a projection. And I fe- would feel good about that. I think he deserves consideration. And I think Robert Sala deserves significant consideration for the job he has done. But I actually would give my vote right now to Brian Dayball because I think <laughs> he's doing more with less. Like Sala, his team is way ahead of schedule, but I think Sala has – the Jets just have really good players. Yeah. They're figuring out how to use – the Jets have a ton of talent. Sirianni's team has a ton of talent. I do not believe when you get beyond Saquon Barkley that the Giants have a ton of talent. So for them to be sitting there with two losses at this stage of the season, I know they just had a bye and they lost their game before that, so it, it sort of feels a little bit um, removed but I would still vote for Dayball right now if I had a vote. Yeah, it becomes sort of a degree of difficulty uh, award, right? And you tend to give it to the team of uh, who does the best of whom the least was expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mike Vrabel belongs in the conversation if we're talking about those kinds of criteria. Uh, for me, I have a hard time giving coach of the year to anyone uh, who's lost a game when there's someone who hasn't. And, and so, like, to me, Nick Sirianni right now, I, I feel like if he goes 17-0, and then I don't know how you could possibly give it to anybody else, no matter how much talent he has. Uh, literally did everything he possibly could, won literally every game. So that's where the way I would, I would hedge at this point in the middle of the season is the undefeated team. Fair enough. What do you think, Embo? Right now, Sirianni is actually the odds-on favorite to win that award. And that second is a, is a coach that's not been mentioned yet. Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll. Yeah, yeah sure. Th- that, that occurred to me as we were talking. I should have thought of him earlier. I didn't. I would still give it to Dayball at this moment. Yes, if the Eagles go 17 that, It's a perfectly legitimate vote. I just, yeah, it's... It, it, that's a weird award because it very often becomes the we thought your team was going to stink and it didn't award. 
And that's, you know, well, sometimes I, which, a little... I, which I, that is what it is. I yeah. mean, uh, to me, maybe we were here's wrong. Here's how I would define coaching is you look at a, at a coach's roster. This is in any sport. Mm-hmm. And you say, did he win more games, fewer games, or about the same number of games as you would expect someone right. to? Almost like the war concept, right? Like the wins above a replacement. Yeah. If you just look at the average NFL coach, how many games would he win with this particular roster? Yeah. And I try and say, well, how, how much better than that has he been? That would be my justification yeah. on day ball. Fair enough. Uh, greeting with you here. Uh, we're coming to you live, as always, from the Seaport. We're brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. My offensive player of the year is Tyreek Hill. I yeah. think he has just changed everything in Miami. He's, I will also say he's better than I realized I mean I always thought he was just fast he's so much more than just that he's probably the best receiver in the league he's on pace to break the yardage record right Calvin Johnson's so yeah I, I think it's it, it's it's incredible what the look we're in a year where hardly anybody's scoring right and and offensive coordinators are pivoting to the run game because the passing games are being defended well and you have in Miami, you have a team with receivers that can run past the coverage that's working on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tyree Kill and the way he's helped unlock Jalen Waddle and what he's done for Tua. I, yeah, I think that's a, that, that would be the right pick. Defensive player of the year, I go Micah Parsons over Quinn and Williams. I wanted so desperately to justify going for uh, Quinn and Williams, who is, uh, my, that is, by the way, my new name. I'm legally changing my name to Quinn and Greenberg. Yeah. You could just call me Q. Okay. Um, yeah. I love Quinn and Williams. He's having an unbelievable year I think he deserves to have his name mentioned but what Micah Parsons is doing is ridiculous I think he's the difference maker he's the he's the defensive MVP he probably deserves some some actual MVP Hmm. consideration uh and yeah he's when you watch them he's the guy that stands out the most on on a really great defense uh Nick Bosa with the 49ers had a big year with sacks, but uh, I think Parsons is the right call for sure. My offensive and defensive rookies of the year. I think right now you have to give the offensive rookie of the year to the running back in Seattle, Kenneth Walker. Walker. Uh, The other candidates would be Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I think Brees Hall actually would have won this award or would have been on pace to win the award if he hadn't gotten hurt. And I think Garrett Wilson, his chemistry is so good with the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. He could have a very big second half and make himself a candidate. But Walker basically has been a huge part of that offense. Unbelievable. I mean, tearing it up. And in a situation where they had to put the game away in the fourth quarter against Arizona the other day, I mean, just what you want from your running back in that situation. So I agree with you. It looked like Brees Hall was headed that way. Uh, A close race between Walker and Olave. Man, when you watch the Saints, Olave is, you know, and he's not dealing with the greatest quarterback play this year either. He's a... You can see you can see what they loved so much, and it's going to be great because the Saints, the Eagles, have the Saints' first round pick uh, as a result of their trade they made last year. So it's good that they got a high impact player uh, with that pick when they watch the Eagles pick in the Think top. Think about five. Ohio State last year; their oh, receivers man. were Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah, and and and. Uh, what do you call Harrison Jackson Jr. Smith and Jigbo? Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> yeah, like, there now. Yeah, I mean, and those two guys are there now. Yeah, yeah good lord. And then one more. My comeback player of the year is Gino over Saquon. It's close. I mean, oh sure. You know, Gino is just comes more out of nowhere. Like Saquon came back from injury. From an injury, we knew he was this good, or at least we knew he was very good. I think Gino was a guy that basically the entire NFL had left for dead, and here he is having an MVP caliber season. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting race to watch because he makes a strong case. Right, but what's he coming back? from just sort of a couple years where he wasn't that great and he didn't play so I wonder if they'll head the voters will hedge towards Saquon because he's coming back from something concrete like injury but uh yeah two great stories but Gino I mean 
That team's legit. I was looking at the games this week, and they're underdogs against Tampa Bay, and I don't understand why. They're like, pretty like, heavy like, underdog, right? Like in a game that has no home team. Right, in Germany. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how, how it travels. But, yeah, they look – man, talk about a team that nailed the draft. They have, they have like six rookies playing at yeah. a high level. And, uh, and all we have positions. done is criticize their drafting over yeah, the last well, few they years. they got one right. This time they seem to have gotten it right. Yeah. All right, Graziano, we'll see them all over TV. All the, who's your game this weekend? Denver and Tennessee. What well, an interesting game. See yeah, if Russell can so. come home and, and play well. I Colts-Patriots was. <laughs> <Yuck>. <laughs> that was You're the best, Graz. Thank you very fired. much. Always right. a pleasure. Dan Graziano with us. TV, radio, and everything else. Coming up is the greatest era in the history of its sport officially over as of tonight. I will answer that question next. It's get up, Annie. No, it's not. It's Greeny, honey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's Graziano. I'm looking at it. Confuse me. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Zip Recruiter makes it easy to hire for even the most specific role, like a mascot in Missouri. In fact, four out of five employers find a quality candidate Within the first day, try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Uh, in just a moment, I'll explain why the greatest era in the history of its sport might officially end tonight. Uh, but quickly, Hembo, wh- what is it you asked? What is the 30 for 30 they announced? The 30 for 30 that they announced yesterday, or at least the first I saw of it, was the 2000 Ravens, the Super Bowl champion Ravens that beat mm-hmm. the Giants. They call it the Bullies of Baltimore. It's a 30 for 30 coming in February. And so, Hembo, because, you know, I'm old enough to have seen that team play and remember them well, that was actually the second Super Bowl that Mike and I uh, did together. 
The first one we did was Rams, the greatest show on turf, Rams, the tackle on the one-yard line to beat Tennessee. And then the second one we did was Baltimore when they blew out the Giants. Um, then that defense was just ridiculous. Um, the question is them or the 85 Bears. Yeah. And to me, there isn't any question. The 2000 Ravers were magnificent, magnificent. They were an incredible defense. If I have this stat right, I'm doing it off the top of my head. We should do this for the book, actually. I think that they won every single game that season in which their offense scored a touchdown. I'm almost positive that if their offense scored a single touchdown, they won every game. 14-0. 14-0 in games in which they are. So there you have it. So they were great. But here's what I will tell you having been there and watched every snap of the 85 Bears. Because eight, 19, the fall of 1985 happens to be the year I went to college. I, I, I arrived in Evanston, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, and adjacent to the city of Chicago, in September of 1985. And that was at a time, anyone young, you know, younger people are not going to understand what I'm about to say, but there were no packages where you could watch every game. There weren't even sports bars you could go to and watch every game, at least not that I was aware of. So here I am, a Jet fan living in Chicago, and I watched every single snap of the 85 Bears season because that's what was on. And candidly, you couldn't help but get sucked up into it because they were so ridiculously good. And Dicko was the coach, and he was larger than life. And Walter Payton is on that team, and Jim McMahon is on that team. And, I mean, I will remember all of them for the rest of my life. Willie Galton, Dennis McKinnon, and all those guys on offense. They had a great offensive line, Jimbo Covert uh, and um, Tom Thayer and Jay Hilgenberg and all. But the defense, not only were they the best defense I ever saw, they were the best unit in any sport I've ever seen do anything. Mm. I've never seen anyone do anything better than that team play defense. And I have argued, and I mean this when I say it, if they played without an offense, if they just punted on first down all season, they would have gone 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that defense literally would have won half their games without an offense. And it sounds like you're being disrespectful to their offense because they had great players. Again, they had Walter Payton. The quarterback was Jim McMahon, went healthy. Jim McMahon was an excellent player. People sort of forget him because his 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 goodness was very short because he got hurt all the time, um, including that year. Uh, I think they won every game he started. I, I don't think they lost a game with him. Well, they only lost one game. What am I talking about? They just lost the one game on the Monday night against Marino. But anyway, the point is, I would take the 85 Bears. That was a very long answer to your question. I would take the 85 Bears over the 2,000 Ravens. So who's the best player on the Bears defense that year? Is it Singletary? The best, Mike Singletary or, I mean, they had Dan Hampton who's in the Hall of Fame. They had Richard Dent who's in the Hall of Fame. They had at that moment in time a linebacker named Wilbur Marshall who wound up leaving very soon thereafter. Might have even been one more year for a big free agent deal in Washington. He, he didn't have the historical career that some of those other guys did, but he was an unbelievable player. Steve, Michael, uh, Steve McMichael, God bless him, who's uh, right now battling ALS. He was a terrific player on that team. Um, but yes, the best, the, the best defensive player on that team, I would say, was Singletary. And what percentage of Ray Lewis was Mike Singletary? It was my question. Because to me, Ray Lewis is the best Lewis ever is better. at his position. Yeah, Lewis, historically, Ray Lewis is a better player than Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary is awfully good. He was certainly the defensive player of the year at least once in the NFL, if not more. He mm -hmm. was a great, great, great player. So, anyway, I could wax rhapsodic about those teams forever. Let's move on to other matters. But I, I, I loved the 85 Bears, and I always will. That place will always have – that team will always have a very special place in my heart. Meanwhile – well, I, I can actually make this a segue. 
The Bears are not remembered because they never became a dynasty. Those Bears are not remembered the way they should be. For any one individual season, they're the best team I ever saw in football. But they're not going to be remembered with the Packers of the 60s or the Steelers of the 70s or the Niners of that same era or the Cowboys of the 90s because those teams won multiple championships and those Bears did not. Nick Saban and his run at Alabama has been the greatest in the history of its sport. Of that, I think there was no question. With the level of competition, the equality of the playing field, and everything else that exists in that sport right now, for him to have won what he has won is more impressive than anything any other coach in that sport ever did because the game is so different. There were so many built-in advantages, not to diminish in any way anything that Bear Bryant or Bobby Bowden or whoever else might be considered in this discussion, the greatest coaches of all time were. What Saban has done is the greatest era ever. And one can't help but wonder if it comes to an end tonight. Let's see where the committee puts them. I think it is very likely the committee will put Alabama in a place that they will have no chance to come back from. And assuming they do, assuming the committee doesn't do something crazy, you have to ask yourself, do they come back again from this? Or has college football, with all of the, again, ways that they equal the playing field, name, image, and likeness, transfer portal, everything else, the kid who would have been, you know, who would have stayed, the kid who didn't win a starting job at linebacker at Alabama in the past would always have been there in case there was an injury. Now he has transferred and is playing someplace else. He's at, you know, a kid who was more than good enough to play at Alabama but gets beat out by somebody who's going to be the third pick in the draft. That kid would have been on Saban's bench six years ago. Now that kid is at Clemson or Ohio State or anywhere. He could be at some much smaller program being the best player there. That's hard to do. What Nick Saban has done is so unique and special because it's practically impossible to do in the era in which he has done it. And where the sport has gone now, I think it might literally be impossible. But I asked Feinbaum about that the other day. He said this. The last five seasons, Nick Saban has one title. That's, that's a career for most people. For Nick Saban, it feels like that window is closing tightly now. It, it, maybe there's a crack in this dynasty, but you can't claim a dynasty when, you, when you've had one title in the last five years. That was Paul with me on Get Up yesterday. You know, I don't know if I agree with that fully. Like, I I still think I would consider Bama a dynasty right now. They were in the playoff last year. They were in the championship game last year. And, look, I'm not making any excuses, but they played that game without either of their two best receivers, right? Mechie and Williams both got hurt. If those two guys are healthy for that game, I don't know. They had just shellacked Georgia three weeks before. So, I but... If they don't make, they're not going to make the playoff this year. I think it's almost inconceivable that they do. And tonight, I think, will be the official, when we see where they are, we will, we will know that for certain. You do have to ask yourself, does he win another one? If you had to bet an amount of money that matters to you right now, Hembo, would you bet that he wins another one or not? Absolutely. They've lost two games this year, twice in the last three games, both on the road against top 10 teams on the last play. Bama could just as easily be undefeated right now as they are now sitting with two losses. I'm not going to be the person that declares Nick Saban's dynasty dead until he says so himself. I understand that, but the, 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 the converse argument to what you're saying about that last play is that that's why it's so hard to do because 
These games are supposed to come down to one play. He's been so dominant, and he's always had the one play, and he needed to go his way. Yeah. The law of averages and the reality of the sport catch up eventually, even to the greatest coach ever. Here I think is the best comp. So from 2000 to 2016, the UConn women won 10 out of 17. They haven't won any in the last five years. What was that conversation you had with Gino in which you asked him about his dominance, and he yeah. said something to the effect of, Everyone else get better? Correct. That's what's happened. Let me pause on that thought because I'm I'm up against a break here, but I'll come back and explain exactly what he said and why it applies in this situation as well. Maybe in the big picture, it's the best thing for the sport. Plus, Hembo's wife has joined our side of the best debate the hashtag crew has ever had. I'm not 100% sure he will survive this. I'll explain why next. This is Greeny. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging. And reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. They've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Before I get to... um, the issue that may very well be the worst thing that has literally ever happened to one member of the hashtag crew. Uh, let me very quickly address something you just said. So we were just talking about whether Nick Saban's era, his dynastic era is over and whichever side of that you fall on. Hembo reminded me of an interview that I did with Gino Oriema. It was after they had won a championship. I don't recall which one now, because there were so many of them along the way. What did he win? 10 of them? He won, he did he won, won 11, 11. but he won 10, in, 10 in that 17-year stretch. So, so we had him on Mike and Mike the morning after they won. I, I don't remember which year this was. And it was at a time, however, where the narrative 
was that the UConn women's dominance was bad for the sport, that it was um, because of the predictable nature of the sport every single year that fewer people were watching it, might otherwise get into it. You know, there's always there are always people trying to grow women's college basketball, which has grown enormously over the last, whatever it is, 20 years, but there's certainly plenty of room for it to continue to grow. And and the question was, is the the dominance of this one program hurting that? And I brought it up to or Gino. I asked him the question. And he said, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the solution to that is not us getting worse. It's everyone else getting better. And that I thought was one. Hey, that, I mean, I happen. I like Gino. That was one of the smartest answers I've ever heard anyone give to a question that I asked uh, that, that I can remember. Because that's so obviously right. The goal here should not be for the great ones to fall back to the pack, it's for them to get run down. And that's basically what's happened in that sport, right? There's a bunch of other programs that have risen up. I don't follow it as closely as I do some of the other sports, but certainly you see that, you know, the South Carolinas and the Notre Dames and uh, some of the others um, have, have become Baylor, have become competitive on a level with UConn that they can be right there with them and more often than not have beaten them. And that's the point. When there are others on your level... That one shot doesn't always go your way. That one call doesn't always go your way. That one bounce of the ball in that sport. And in football, to your point, the one play that he's always needed in order to win the few close games he's had, that can't continue to be that way. And you don't blow everybody else out when everyone else is catching up. The biggest difference, I think, right now for Saban, though, is the combination of NIL, which is going to give other people the opportunity to recruit at a different level, and the transfer portal. The single biggest part of it is the transfer portal. Because you can no longer, um, what's the word? Hoard. hoard. <laughs> yeah, you can no longer hoard all the best players. Whereas Alabama might have gotten, had, had the 30 best players at any given time. 30 players that were better than were on practically any other team. And some of them were on the bench and were ready to go in the event of injury. Are you bleeding? He doesn't have those anymore. Yes, I happen to be bleeding. I need someone to do something. I don't want it to ruin this shirt. I, 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 I had a scab on my right wrist, and oh, no, look what happened to the shirt. Is this shirt destroyed now? You ruined the shirt. It's I, destroyed. I may very well have ruined this shirt. I don't know. I'm going to see if we can get that stain out. But I, I had a <laughs> I had. Can we get a Band-Aid or something over here? I'm doing this live. I had. Um, this is your bloody socking. I had a scab on my wrist, and I just I had an itch, and I scratched it, <laughs> and then I could see that I'm bleeding now. Oh, damn it. I think I ruined this shirt. The this bloody shirt game. shirt. This is the bloody shirt game. You can't see it from the top. All right, this is very frustrating. Okay, we'll see if we can get that fixed <laughs> as we go. How did you do that? I told you I had a scab on my wrist, and I scratched it, and it came off. He literally just said it. I'm sorry. I was too transfixed by the— I uh, literally just said that. You actually did? You just I, said I did. That? I, I just said it. it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. someone's got to get me a, a Band-Aid, and we'll see how this thing goes here. Okay, let's get Mr. Hembo. The reason that Hembo might be distracted yeah. at this moment is because he's facing a real problem. And Nuno and Bubba, you are going to love this. I I can't even put into words how much you're going to love this. So let me set the table. Nuno, Nuno, Bubba, and I have been playing the Powerball for like the last two weeks. Ever since it got to this huge place and we keep going. We keep doubling down. And we keep throwing our money in there. Because I think the ultimately, obviously, the goal here is to win, at this point, $2 billion. And we're going to keep going because I think there's a real chance that we wind up winning. And at minimum, when you told me 
Bubba, that you guys were going to do it, there was no way I could not do it because the 10 bucks that I'm throwing in are not in any way too much money for me to be able to hedge away the possibility that I live the rest of my life with unimaginable regret. Because if I had been offered the chance to go in with you two guys and I said no because my chances of winning aren't that good, and then you won, as remote as that possibility may be, I could never have lived with it. I could never have lived with Nuno living in a castle on the beach in Portugal or Bubba trying to buy a piece of the Mets from Steve Cohen. I couldn't have lived with myself if I wasn't involved in that. And so we've talked about this on the air a great deal. And Hembo, because he is this way, hits us with, I don't like the odds. You're not getting involved in it. You have, in fact, belittled us. By saying to me the other day, oh, so you're saying I have $10 now that you don't have. Yeah, I, this, is, this is a conversation beneath me. Candidate. It is a conversation beneath you. It is not a conversation beneath your wife, Elizabeth. Lizzie has made it clear to me, boys, and again, for those who don't know, Hembo's wife, Lizzie, has worked at ESPN. I've known her longer than I've known Hembo. She has made it clear to me that she's on our side she wants to chip in the 10 bucks and be a part of this windfall $2 billion that we could win, but Hembo won't do it. And so here's the question. Of all the reasons that I want to win this thing, I have wanted to rub it in Hembo's face all along. The question is, would your marriage survive? Now that she has, I assume she's told you this because she told it to me. Yeah, she's furious. She's furious at you. At me. And what exactly is her rationale? That I should be one of the guys and do the obvious thing here, which is chip in 10 bucks. And we couldn't, po- what she said is, what she said verbatim was, if they win, I'll never forgive you for it. And as well, she shouldn't. That's the point. I, she, she and I, see, she's got some semblance of logic. Go ahead, Brandon. Just bring the, the band-aids You're so in here. bloody. If you can. I know I'm bleeding a lot here. Um, but but let's, get, let's try not to lose the, the frame of the conversation. How did that happen again? But that's a very big band-aid you just brought me, by the way. Brandon, Thank you very much. Fractured I mean, I, femur. I mean, so, yeah. so, Green, let me ask you questions that you've been Go. married forever. Go. So the reaction would be if... when we win that she would divorce him but would she not continue the marriage so that every day she can remind him how stupid and moronic he was that they could have been enjoying the life that we all now live because of the fact that he just thought he was better than everyone else so the question is would she spend the rest of her life with hembo purely out of spite just purely so he could never forget it. Rather than leaving him and finding a happier alternative with someone who has the good sense to try and, and win $2 billion, what she would do in your scenario is she would stay with him just so she could remind him every single day of the $2 billion you don't have. Little Michelle and, you know, the other one would have had their colleges taken care of for like 12 generations. All the stuff you could have done. You could, you could outfit them in the finest gold and silver i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore you would have had you could have been in at this point on 25 percent of two billion dollars and you chose not to out of ultimately stupidity ego and just a complete lack of fun and she's going to make you remember that every day for the rest of your life i think the 
I think seeing me every day would make her so sick that the spite, like the, the, the ratio doesn't exist, Nuno. Like she would definitely leave me though. Greeny, my question for you is, since you guys have obviously been talking a lot about this, are you letting her into the mix? Is she going to join the group independently? Not without the 10 bucks, but I will say this, that if she wins, I mean, excuse me, if we win, when we win, <laughs> when we win, thank you, Barbara. That's what I meant to say. Took me a while to get to where I needed to be. You've lost a lot of blood. When we win, you're exactly right. I mean, at this point, I'm getting a little lightheaded. I can imagine. I feel like I've been, I look like my arm has been bitten by a shark. Anyway, when we win this $2 billion, assuming she leaves you, I will give her some of the money. So you won't. You if will, you stay together, I can't because right, exactly. you, have, you have made a whole case, a whole, you have made it your, like, your, your, your whole thing Ethos. is based on not doing it. And also, I think there would be some... I would be legally obligated to some of it, right? As her spouse? No. I assume there's a prenuptial agreement in place here. <laughs> in case this very thing if happens? The, correct. <laughs> in the event that she wins the Powerball and you don't. So, I mean, we definitely didn't do one of those because at the time we got married, we, I think, had something like $300 combined. If that's, that's actually a pretty decent pathway for me here is if she does win it without me, I still get at least a third of the money legally No, speaking. you don't. I will see to it that that does not happen. I will put in place provisions that suggest that this money is, is earmarked specifically for Lizzie, Michelle, and the other one, and that the one provision of it is that it cannot be shared with you, otherwise she can't have any. No, no. Did we ever ask Liam if this happens? Do I, do I get the show or not? Did you ever ask him about that? <laughs> I think you won't get the show. Oh, you God. might get one, like as Greeny said, you might get one show. And that would because people probably realize we wouldn't be here. Uh, after that, right. yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's I- correct. So, so, I mean, I think this is really a very interesting little scenario that we have here as a group. Hembo, is your concern, mm. so now you really have two concerns. Yeah, I got a lot. One is, if you don't chip in the 10 bucks, your colleagues and friends... And I use that term very broadly. Nuno, <laughs> Bubba, and me, we would all make a trillion dollars. We would all be $2 billion richer, and you will have chosen not to partake. That wasn't enough. That fear was not enough to make you play this. Right. Now your wife, the potential of losing your family. You have this beautiful young family. You have a young wife of three years. You have the two babies, Michelle and the other one. And they're, what are they, three months old now? Three months old. All these weddings you have to go to together and schlep them with you for reasons I'll never understand. And whatever else it is, you could lose all of this. Will you or will you not throw in 10 bucks on the next drawing? I will not. What? I'm a man of principle, of belief, of conviction. Wow. What is your belief? That we shouldn't waste money. How is this wasting money? You have a chance to win $2 billion. By the way, let me throw in here. We won eight bucks last you time. You didn't win eight bucks. We won Actually, eight dollars both times. You lost last thirty-two dollars. And the time before, two consecutive times, we won eight dollars. Oh Bubba, did we or did we not win eight dollars? We won eight times on Saturday and the previous Wednesday, two times in a row. We We've won, won sixteen dollars. Bubba, sixteen dollars. You've won. How many did you put in? No, we haven't won anything, you ridiculous freak. That's not a word. What are you saying? Like, you just make everything worse as we're having this conversation. If if your argument is that risking $40, see, here's the way I view those eight bucks. This is why I say we won, not we won, but the, the fact that I think we won. 
Bubba, is because once you throw that 10 bucks in there, you just forget it. You assume it's gone. Right. That's just lost sunk money. Cost. That is yep. a sunken cost. Yep. So if you if you get $8 back, that feels like you've won something because I'm fully emotionally prepared to get back zero. So if I get back 8 bucks, it feels like I've won 8 bucks. And if I get back $2 billion, it'll feel... Let me ask you a question. Mm. If you were to get $2 billion, if you were to win $2 billion, would you subtract the 40 that you risked from the total? Would you say, well, I won $2 billion, but that, that doesn't include the 40 bucks that I risked on it? No. Yes. And, no, you wouldn't. 1.996. Not 1.996, it's 1.9999996. But anyway, you wouldn't say that because it's inconsequential. And in the same way here it is. So the, the lot, and this is how they get you, by the way. Yes, exactly. It is, it is just brilliant of them to make me genuinely feel as though by risking $40 and winning eight, I have come out of this ahead. Like it is really ingenious that I actually think that way, but I do. I fully understand the insidious nature of this, but I fully do. So I, we, now, Bubba, do we know for sure that? There was no winner again? I guess we're not. No, we don't know for absolute certainty. Well, we you know, get the freaking tickets out of you your have car. no information. Someone is going to break into your car in the parking lot and steal these tickets. <laughs> all we know is no one in Connecticut won. So, all, unfortunately, I can confirm that my tickets are not the billion-dollar winners. We don't know, regardless, if there was even a grand prize winner, though. And we do know that four people in Connecticut won 50000 What if that's us? It could what be. if we're one of those very people? very well could be. So if I gave you $50,000 right now, would you just put it in your car? <laughs> yeah, probably in the ESPN parking lot. You probably yeah. would not. So my point is you could have $50,000 sitting in that car. Go get the tickets. <laughs> Well, we got to finish the show first. Well, no, I'm, I don't think so. I'm telling you right now, we could finish this show without you. You need to go get the tickets. We got fifty thousand dollars riding on all this. Okay, what do we have to finish up with the program with today? What, what 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 are we missing? Is there anything that we've left out? Is there anything we're planning on doing that we didn't get done? Oh, the final four tonight. They're not the final four, but the two, the four tonight. Mm. Right tonight, we got the college rankings. So one is going to be Georgia. Yep. Two is going to be Ohio State. Probably. Three is going to be Michigan. Probably. Well, why do you say probably? Who else could be there? Well, I think, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm not convinced that the committee is going to drop Tennessee very far, and TCU remains unbeaten. So They're going to leave Tennessee ahead of Ohio State and Michigan and TCU, all of whom haven't lost the game? But Tennessee lost to Georgia. That's the, it's the they best got loss. schmecked. They got, they got shellacked. That was a combination of smacked and shellacked. <laughs> They got, they got blown out. You know what really is happening right now? I think my blood loss is impacting my ability to talk. Um, I think tonight's four are going to be in the following order. Okay. Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four. The question is, how far do they drop Tennessee? Where is LSU? Those are the questions to keep an eye on. And Oregon remains a player in all this. So those are the ones to keep an eye on. We'll be back in Better Than Ever tomorrow to talk it over on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 